Hello, I'm Brooke Johnson. Welcome to my father's podcast. For this week's message, or any of the messages in our archive, subscribe for free on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bethel Christian Fellowship is a church that relies on the support of its community. We consider you a part of that community, and we would love for you to participate in our financial life. You can do that at our website at drcraigjohnson.org. Whether you're new to this space or a regular pod listener, we're glad you're here. We believe that this message will bring you hope, encouragement, and guidance. God bless you. Welcome, our streaming family. In Jesus' name, greet our family right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the Lord multiplied their claps. Well, I've got three of my five daughters of Zalafahed here today. And we're in uh, the Daughters of Zalafahed Part 2, as you can imagine, because we are in a new series concerning discernment. And we began last week talking about five magnificent women. And we're just going to go through our text and we're going to take our time. How many of you know that? The text is Numbers chapter 27. Speaks of the Daughters of Zalafahed. The names of the daughters were Malach, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tirzah. They came forward and stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the leaders, and the whole assembly at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and said, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among Korah's followers who banded together against the Lord, but he died for his own sin and left no sons. Why? Should the father's name disappear from his clan because he had no son? Give us property among our father's relatives. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. I hope your case is so difficult. We have to go directly to God, daughters of God. So Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord said, What Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and give their father's inheritance to them. Say to the Israelites, if a man dies and leaves no son, give his inheritance to his daughter. And if he has no daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. And if he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan that he may possess it. This is to have the force of law for the Israelites as the Lord commanded Moses. May God bless the reading of his word. Now, I know you were reading this probably this morning in your devotions. As familiar as you are with the five daughters of Zelophehad, well, we're going to start with their names this morning. I just want to hit some high points for my daughters. Now, I made a mistake last week, and I'm going to correct it right now. I, I commented on these being young girls and I'd forgot my own teaching on the desert babies. How old were the children that survived the wilderness when the wilderness wandering was over and they were just about to go in? My age. <laughs> so they were 50 to 64. Last, last week I said, they're young girls. They're not young girls. They are ladies who receive their blessings later in life. Were married later in life. Had children later in life, because unlike the first census that Moses took, remember that first census in the wilderness? What happened to everybody above 20 years of age? They, their carcasses dropped. God said, you're going to wander for 40 years until everyone that came out of Egypt is dead. And that was 100 funerals a day for 40 years. But the children that were 20 years and under they matured in the wilderness, and they were with two people that survived that whole experience, Joshua and Caleb. Remember our series on Joshua and Caleb? They were the only two guys that lived by faith. So the five daughters of Zelophehad, their father was one of the carcasses that dropped dead. And do you remember what their primary sin was? They did not believe the testimony of Joshua and Caleb. Remember the 12 spies went into the land and, they, and the 10 came back and said, we can't take it. There's giants. There were breakfast for them. They'll eat us alive. We'll never make it. And those 10 dropped dead because God killed them. 
and Joshua and Caleb said were well able, but the sins of others caused them to begin this 38-year circularity. And you heard me in that whole series point out that some of you have been 38 years in circularity, but it isn't because of your personal sin. It was because that was the momentum and the majority opinion, and the majority opinion is usually always wrong. And so only Joshua and Caleb said, raw. Remember Susie Sorority, the silent majority? Raw. They said, we are well able to take the land. They're food for us. We'll eat them alive. No problem. But they had to go into 38 years of circularity. Well, in that time, the daughters of Zelophehad grow up. Now, these are single ladies. They don't have a dad. They don't have brothers. And we found out last week that they foresaw something. Because back in the day, the text that I just read you, God said to Moses, who said to the tribal leaders, who said to the clans, who said to the fathers, who said to their sons, here's the inheritance rule. The religious tradition at the time of the daughters of Zelophehad was it went from God to Moses, right to the man, and right to the son. And they were sort of not included and they noticed this and they realized well in advance when they move out of circularity into a straight line of conquest they're going to be left disinherited because there was no place for women at this point and so these five ladies god bless them they come out they're from the tribe of joseph they had great promise in their lineage and if you check your lineage you're going to find that there were men and women of faith in your lineage. There might have been a lot of dogs and monkeys in your family tree, but there are also godly people. They are of Joseph. Do you remember the favor of God that was on our beloved Joseph? And he had his two sons, remember, Ephraim and Manasseh. And, 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 and he named them such because, Lord, you made me forget Manasseh, all the pain in my father's house because of Ephraim fruitfulness. And we've studied in that whole series on Joseph that God's going to heal the last bit of your pain in life through fruitfulness, not enduring more crushing, not going through more hell, not having to have your card overdrawn, not having to not have the money to pay bills. You're not going to learn anymore with the crushing. You're going to only learn through fruitfulness. So God's going to teach you through fruitfulness how to forget all the pain of your father's house. That's what Joseph said. Now, these five gals come from Manasseh, Joseph's son. So they're from a blessed tribe. And if you check your family of origin, we're going to find out today, you may be the first in your clan that is doing something for the first time. We're going to find out these daughters of Zelophehad teach us. God is with you to anoint you to be the first in your family, maybe to get a college degree, maybe the first in your family to become a lawyer or to become a, a business person or, or, or to become a, a preacher or to, or to go to seminary. You may be the first in your clan to graduate high school. You may be the first, and God loves to anoint underdogs who are called of him in their generation to be the first. And these five daughters of Zelophehad, they're the first to step forward for, think of it, there's about 600,000 men, and they're all measured by men, and there's got to be a lot of daughters in that system somewhere. 600,000 people, I bet there are a few daughters somewhere that don't have a daddy and don't have brothers, and we're going to be stuck. And they only would have seen this caveat when they went into the land because they're going to dole the inheritance out to man, 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 man. And they stepped forward. Now, I want you to notice they came out. It was a hard thing for them to step out of the tribe of Manasseh. And what do they do? They go right up into the presence of all the men. <laughs> this has got to be intimidating, beloved. It's got to be intimidating. You're going before Moses. You're going before Eliezer, the high priest, now that Aaron is dead. You're going before the Ark of the Covenant that has the Ten Commandments in it, right? You're going before the very Shekinah, the, the white cloud of glory is hanging tangibly in this uh, male meeting. Probably one of the only times it's ever happened. 
in an old male meeting when God was actually there. And these five women are risking a lot in their culture. Now, their cause seems righteous, but their their place to stand in this midst was utterly unique. And you may feel that you are called to be the first in your family to achieve something that has never been done before in your family line. Be bold and be strong because the Lord your God is with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Walk in faith and victory for the Lord your God is with you. Amen? You're going to have to realize that to be the first, you may have to step out. And did you know this in the Bible is called a pioneer? We did a whole teaching on pioneers. And you're going to get it real quick in a Remez format because I had them print out my pioneers handout. And, you know, pioneers are interesting because they're the first to do anything. Listen to these facts about pioneers. Pioneers are never comfortable on a beaten path. A beaten path, nothing grows on a beaten path, Van Gogh pointed out. Beaten paths are nice, but you don't plant things on a beaten path. A pioneer is given a machete and a rainforest because they, they, they despise beaten paths. So if you're the first daughters of Zelophehad in your family, in your tribe, in your history that may have some victories, but it's also got some negatives, we're going to find out. Their only inheritance thus far was to belong to a tribe that was annihilated. Do you know why? For kvetching. Do you remember why the children of Israel fell 100 funerals a day for 40 years? Because they didn't believe the Lord. They didn't believe Joshua and Caleb. And they complained and they complained and they complained. And the daughters of Zelophehad tell Moses and all the leaders, they go, look, we are not of the generation of the first census that died because their carcasses had to drop because they didn't believe. We believe the promise of God. We believe even though we're from a, a damned inheritance and our daddy, uh, now he fell because of his own sin and, and he deserved the punishment. They're not protesting. Daddy deserved to die. Daddy was an unbeliever, but did you know unbelieving Moms and dads can have believing children. It's true. You say, well, my parents aren't saved. And I, they, notice they didn't play the victim card. The five daughters of Zelophehad did not play the victim card. Now, they could have. They could have said, well, there's no one. I don't have a daddy and I don't have a brother. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die when I go in the world. They came up and said, you need to address this. And God Almighty told Moses, Moses, they're right. I side with them. Change the law forever because of the faithful confidence and courage of the five daughters of Salafat. And how was your week? You need to not fade back. You need to step up courageously in the prayer closet because you can wield your hammer in the prayer closet. You can be confident and bold before God because God understands your cause. And notice they didn't play the victim card. They usurped their place in confidence and boldness. And they came before Moses and said, Moses, look, we're faithful to God's promise. We actually believe we're going in. And because of that, we see a little deficit here. When we go in, we don't have a daddy. We don't have brothers. So someone's going to get our inheritance. We demand to have the portion of our father. Is God offended? No. Is this rank feminism? No. Is this a rebellion against uh, the patriarchy? Nope. They confidently go before all the men of power and beloved daughters of Zelophehad. You have to change the law. You have to go to where the power is and you need to change the law. You can't just have your own private opinion. You must make noise. You must go to where the power is. It's who knows you and how they know you. 
it's going to people of influence. Don't They didn't just go to a nobody. They went to Moses and Eliezer, the high priest. Man, they are dealing with all the powerful men in the world. And now this is before the time of Jesus, right? You couldn't just go right to God by yourself. You had to go mediated through Moses to God through the tabernacle and its sacrifices. We've got it easy. I mean, kiss God and triple your tithe. All you got to do is ask Jesus to come into your heart and you have absolute access that Moses had face to face with God just given to you. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Simple gospel. Try living back then, daughters of Zelophehad. Ooh. So God says to Moses, they're right. We're going to put a caveat in the law that's going to change the eternal law forever. And you're going to make sure that they are included in all inheritance rights moving forward. So if there's no sons, then it goes to the daughters. If it's the daughters, then it's going to this, that, and the other. And, 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 and there's this permanent law. And they foresaw in it, they were intercessory women. They fought for a cause, not for their own rights, but they fought for their seed in perpetuity that they believe by faith would come through them in their middle age now. They're not teenagers. They're not hot little teenagers running around. These are folk my age that are saying, we know we're going to be married. We're all single now because they were all single then. And we know we're going to have children by faith. <laughs> but even if it's not thy will, Lord, we'll act like we'll carry little beanie babies around if we have to. <laughs> As a prophetic act, this was an uncommon assemblage, these five daughters of Zelophehad. Now, let me just mention some more about pioneers. Pioneers are never comfortable on a beaten path. Pioneers establish what will be normal in the future. Ooh. Ever been the one called to do something for the first time? Men and women, you can both hear this. Pioneers must not be afraid of being utterly different. These women were not intimidated by standing out. They really had confidence in God because their knees should have been shaken otherwise. But they know their cause is right. And even, beloved, if the religious tradition is against you, even if the status quo is against you, if God has given you a righteous cause, be confident in him. Go forth in boldness. Everybody's got a cause nowadays. Just ask them. They'll tell you. And they want they want eight billion people around the world to change according to their little bubble cause that they've got that has maybe one, two percent of the whole world population involved. They want the whole world to change. Well, you got to choose your battles. Pick your battles wisely. <laughs> Don't die in the wrong battlefield in any cultural debate, in any social justice debate. Now, these women were not feminists. They were faithful to God's promise, but they saw if we don't step up now for our sisters and our perpetuity, our seed, we're not going to have any. And they stepped up and God said, I'm with them. Give them what they're asking. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Pioneers have to be willing to look a little different. Some of you look a little different. That's just my opinion. Next, pioneers have to get used to being misjudged and mislabeled because pioneers are always misjudged and mislabeled. Get used to it. Don't play the victim card. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You got to kill the victim before the victim kills you. These were not five victims coming up going, we're all going to die. We don't have a daddy or a brother. We, they come boldly in their God before the man of God. And Moses is speechless. They got a case even Moses doesn't know what to do. Isn't it nice? Leaders, by the way, you can admit how ignorant you are often. Do it often. Moses goes, I don't know what to do. Eliezer, do you have a clue? No, I don't understand. This was a hard case. And some of you have cases that are impossible unless God intervenes. But come out of the tribe of Manasseh. Go right up to the authorities that have the voice and the influence to speak on your behalf, and they will speak for you. But change the law. Go to the top. I used to hang around a very famous preacher, and he taught his son-in-law and me 
always go to the top. He, he, he went to the, the car place and he went right up to the owner and he went and introduced himself to the owner. And he was a very famous guy. But he said, never go to any guy. Go to the top guy. If you're at the restaurant, you go to the top. If you're at the Target, you go to the manager. If you do not, if you're at the bank, you go introduce yourself to the bank manager. He taught us to break our stinking thinking and our hat is in our hand, timidity, and said, always go to the top, daughters of Zalafa head. Go to people that have power and influence or you're wasting your time. Now, Aristotle Onassis was a worldly man, but he taught his kids to carry a little black book and in that little black book were the names of people that they deserved to show time for. He said, these people, give them time. They're worth it. These other people are not worth your time. Go to the top. That's what these ladies teach us. So if you're the first pioneer in your home or in your area or in your ministry, you'll be misjudged and mislabeled. Also, pioneers must be able to withstand and survive extreme pressure. These women were under extreme pressure to go back to bed and eat another tub of ice cream. <laughs> Amen. Put Netflix on and binge another series. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> Amen. The pressure is against us. The whole culture is against you. Yeah, because you're the first. The first out of, out of the bottle is the most difficult one to get out, as Lyndon Johnson used to point out. Maybe you're the first olive out of the bottle because the rest just <laughs> come out. Amen. I don't know if it was Bible or Lyndon Johnson, but we got mixed up there. The pioneers have to expect jealousy. They're not shocked by it. Don't be shocked. When you stand out, don't be shocked that the majority of all the other women that didn't step up are going to go, I don't know anything who she thinks she is. There's such competition among women. There's such comparison among women. And God is wanting to break a spirit of competition and comparison. You don't need to compare yourself with anyone. You and God are a majority. You don't need to, to compare. You don't need to to, you know what I'm talking about, ladies. We used to have a nurse named Shannon. She was a beautiful thing. We used to go out with Michael, and we'd take him to restaurants, and she was just lovely. But she would always have her knockoff bag of the real high-end bag, and she'd see all these Westlake ladies that you can tell they're from Westlake because they've all had the same person do their work, right? Same cheeks, same chins, same boobs, everybody, and all the Westlake women, we called them had this work done and they would all look at Shannon across the table who was just drop dead gorgeous and they would all point to her bag that was a knockoff and they knew it and they've got their Tiffany watches and they've got you know what I'm saying but they would they would shame her for like they're hoity-toity they have the real bag Shannon doesn't don't compare yourself to others don't don't judge your value in terms of who has what you don't have or who's where you aren't. Notice, these women did the first thing, but they were the first to ever step out in their area. And you got to be willing to bloom where you're planted. The five daughters of Zalafahed were blooming where they were planted. They weren't complaining about where they weren't. They weren't saying someday when we have prominence or someday when we marry into the right family or someday when we have enough money because our rich husband dies. They, they had confidence in God. They were victors, not victims. And they were the first in their family to accomplish what they accomplished. And they teach us a valuable lesson. Bloom where you're planted. Let me give you a little some nuggets concerning our girls here today. Oh, pioneers also are awkward risk, risk takers. Yeah. John Dawson once told me that the apostle is an idiot that steps out where no one has ever gone and almost dies and falls off a cliff so the other giftings have to come up and rescue him. That's what an apostle is. <laughs> He'd be 
utterly, catastrophically ruined without all the other giftings stepping up. We, we, we look at them as visionary leaders. Oh, no, no. They're clodhoppers that are falling forward, you know, and you just sort of go, well, I, I guess we need to do that. Let's imitate how they fall. You know, no, 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 no. But they're risk takers, and they're not afraid to be the first. But when you're the first, you sort of look weird, right? You're going to stand out. People are going to look at you and go, oh, who does she think she is? Compare with you. Risk takers. You're God's little pioneers. And pioneers stand in the gap between different time periods that will produce two distinct generations. Oh, oh, the first census contained her daddy and their carcasses were dropped in the wilderness. She and her four other sisters. There's power in unity, by the way. God, if you notice... The, the day of self-proclaimed rock stars is over. We need to find our strength in numbers. We need to find our strength in unity. If you're one daughter of Zalafahed, find the other four. Because there's power in unity. Because when one falls, the other one is there to lift you up. Have you ever noticed you when you fall, the, your friend doesn't. They're there to pick you up. When they fall, you're standing. You don't both fall at the same time. Yeah, these five girls were able to support each other. And you know there was someone they had to say, we're going before Moses. Calm down, baby. I can hear your knees knocking right now. Don't you dare turn around. I will turn around. Don't you dare turn around. They were having this self-talk because they had more than one of them. And you need people to watch your back. You can't see your back. You need other people who can see your back, daughters of Zelophehad. That's what you need. There's power in numbers. Honey, you can come in sit wherever you want, dear. Come in and sit on the bed if you want. Yeah. Or stay there with Dennis, whatever you want to do. Else is here, so we did had to stop everything because one of my favorite daughters is a love had. We got four now. Five. Aha, Aries here. <laughs> we got our five daughters of Zalafa head. Amen. You win the lottery. Oh, glory. They stood in the gap between different time periods that produced distinctive generations. The second census in the wilderness that takes place in Numbers chapter 26 was the census of all these daughters of Zelophehad. And they knew if we don't stand up now and we don't demand our father's rights, we will starve and we'll be destitute in the promised land. And they took up the cause, not just for them, but they did. There's power in numbers. You need more than one in your circle of safety. Hmm? You have to have safe people. You know, everybody I know that doesn't have safe people in their life, I don't know what they can do. There's no one for them to process with. Daughters of Zalafa had, they had five voices to speak into their moment, to encourage one another. When one was down, the others were up. Praise God. May we take that example and find strength in numbers. You say, well, I don't know anybody. I don't have any friends. Well, pray for safe people and look for them. Act like you believe it's going to happen and be looking for him or her. Say, I need safety in my life. I need people that know my life. I need people that know me and my history. I need people that know all my faults. Now notice, they were brutally honest about the weaknesses of their family. And notice the weaknesses didn't paralyze them. They say, oh, our dad was a sack of bones. You were totally just to drop him into his grave. That guy was useless, his whole generation. Why, they defied the Lord. They did not follow. We followed Joshua and Caleb this whole trip. Thank you very much. We believe this thing. And that's why we're establishing our legitimate place for when we cross over because we believe more than anyone else we are actually going over. Now, the majority of the folk, I think, still weren't sure. Why are we wandering again for 38 years? Keep telling the story. But these girls maintained their dignity into an older age but they still oh beloved there's something about the lord restoring your youth as the eagles they molt and they get their new feathers and oh my god my god 
The more we're in the presence of God, the more we reek like Moses did with the presence of God. Daughters of Zalafahet, if you can just sit in the presence of God and pray when you can't do anything else, if you just pray, if you just pray, well, my prayers aren't even getting out of the ceiling. Just pray. You're saturating. You're steeping. You're stewing in something people can see when you're around. You don't see it. That's what the devil always says. You don't see any glory on you. We do. We do. Everyone in this room I'm looking at right now, everyone that talks to you or deals with you sees that incandescent something that you get from time alone with the Lord. It's there. It's, it's a heavenly materiality. They can't put their finger on it. But the five daughters of Zelophehad had that favor. And don't doubt it. The devil tells you you're nothing, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly, and your mama dresses you funny. That's, that's all the devil tells you. Your whole life, till you drop dead in the grave, he's going to tell you that. When you're beautiful and 18, he's telling you that. Every woman I've ever known is hearing that as a tape, endlessly, all the, always comparing, always considering others, always evaluating in terms of the world. Well, the five daughters of Zalafahed could care less because they were pioneers, but that's sort of just what pioneers do. And someone said, Amen. All right. Now, notice I pointed out last week, but we're going to go over this again. They knew scripture and they knew their history. So they knew their worthless father died in a just cause. And they said, God, we're all for that. He was only worthy of death. But notice up until now, the only inheritance they had was this horrible, ghastly fact that they were from an annihilated family. Tell us a little bit about your family of origin at our 12-step group. Well, my family was all annihilated in the wilderness because they didn't believe the Lord, but we did, and so we don't have a father or brothers, and we're actually going to die if we go in without making our case. And you don't play the victim card? No, 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 we're victors. We're not victims. We know the Lord our God. He will hear us. In fact, a group of us are going, uh, if we can get your prayer and support, we're going to go before Moses tomorrow. Good luck with that. I, I hope you get a feeling of how the knees were knocking. I don't care how confident you are in God, and I don't care how much God has anointed you to do. But, you know, he called me to be a lot of firsts in my family of origin, and it was not easy being the weirdo. It was not easy being different. It was not easy leaving show business when my parents had left their business, sold it, cashed in on my career, sold their house, Moved out to California without any prospect of anything other than riding my meal ticket to celebritydom. And I came out one morning and said, uh, by the way, I'm following Jesus. I'm not doing this career thing anymore. After we just did the Merv Griffin show, and it was an absolute triumph. And I had my first picture sleeve on Capitol Records that they did in 10 years. And I walked in and said, I'm not doing this anymore. My parents didn't hiccup. They didn't say a thing. They said, honey, we'll support you, whatever you do. Now, I went into my room, and they threw up <laughs> because they threw everything away on me, and I just decided to shift gears. God bless my parents, a blessed memory. They're both in heaven now. God bless them. Mike knew them. Some of you knew them. Nothing like them. They stood behind me no matter what, and they never lived in this life to see the harvest of it. Well, they knew their boy was religious and they both accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior through me because they couldn't avoid the gospel. Soft-hearted folk, but they, they stood by me. And beloved, you've got to remember all the men in your life that have stood by you, that have blessed you, that have believed in you, that have put you forward, that have encouraged your ministry, that have said, you pray, you preach, you speak, you talk, come out, be bold, be confident. We've got your back. That's what Moses and Eliezer and all the men did. They said, God likes you and we like you too. And is there anything else you need while you're here? <laughs> Pad the order. They knew scripture. They knew their history. And what's interesting is in Numbers chapter 12, we have Miriam. The brother Moses, she comes forward, but she speaks a horrible word and is struck with leprosy. Miriam did not have a good female experience. 
in the courts of the people of God because she was a woman of unbelief and she slighted her brother Moses along with Aaron. They both said, who do you think you are? They didn't like the woman he married after his wife died. And they said, we have an opinion. And God says, you're a leper, Miriam. Put her outside the gate for seven days. And God said, I'm going to kill her. Moses said, no, no, don't kill her. Come on. What? What's with the killing? I'm interceding. Come on, please don't do it. He goes, because you asked me. Beloved, don't think they're people. God loves everyone equally. He doesn't like everyone equally. Moses was a friend of God. He had special access. And you are a friend of God, daughters of Zelophehad. You are primarily a friend. He doesn't just love you. He likes you. Take advantage of that. Take your cause before him. Take your just cause before him. Take your righteous cause that may be against all the male authority figures in your life and all the traditional religious leading and all the religious tradition. Remember Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew that they made void the word of God through their traditions. Did you know the Jewish rabbis built hedges around the law? They, they, they did it. Their, their motive was okay. They didn't want you to uh, sin so they really put elaborate hedges around the law. So, you know, if the Bible said don't go into California, don't go into Santa Monica, they'd say don't go into California. Because if you don't go into the state of California, you'll never by accident go into the city of Santa Monica. But they were called hedges around the law. But those hedges became worshipped as the law, and people couldn't distinguish anymore between God's word and man-made tradition. And, oh, my, when Jesus came, did he upset some apple carts. He never violated the law of God, but he violated every one of their traditions everywhere he went. They had traditions about how many times you had to wash your hands before you picked up a cup and what kind of cup you could drink from. And, and they became so elaborate because they, they wanted to not have the people sin. So they built so many hedges and Jesus said, you don't even remember the heart of the law, which is God personally. You don't even know him face to face. The five daughters of Zelophehad knew God face to face and they were comfortable with the leadership in their life change the law women of God go to where the influencers are it's who you know and how they know you you can make a change that will change the status quo for your generation I don't know what you're up against now I don't know what the rules are now now, they weren't opposing the moral will of God. They weren't going saying, well, uh, our demand is the Ten Commandments be overturned. They weren't rebels. They weren't, they weren't arguing for some obscure uh, peccadillo they had. They were, they were in the corral of God's word. And notice these women knew their word of God and they knew their history. The, when you know the moral will of God, that means you're comfortable in the 66 books of the Bible. And by the way, I'm not, I don't have anything against subjective liver quivers and pressing your eyes and seeing the funny lights. But you know, there are 66 books in the Bible you could learn, really, before you go to the prophetic prayer meeting and have four shandais on your head. I'm, I'm all for that. But why don't you learn what is written in the book? Learn the book. The book takes a lifetime to learn. And I'm 64 and I'm still learning. But learn the content. They knew their history. They even quote it. They go, we're not like Miriam. We're not, we're not rebelling against the word of the Lord. We're not like Korah. And they quote number 16. Do you know what happened in number 16? A man named Korah rose up against God and Moses, and he started building his alternative leadership in Israel. He, he divided the unity under Moses and God's leading through the glory cloud in the tabernacle, and Korah decided um, Moses takes too much on himself. So um, now this man was a priest. This man was of the tribe of Levi. This guy was involved in spiritual things, but he became a rebel, and he became stubborn, and he embraced a warlock spirit, and he opposed God's order, and he opposed Moses, and he said, look, you take too much. I'm Korah. We're, we're building a whole new leadership structure, an alternative to you, Moses. And the Bible says in number 16, read it when you go home, God opened the ground 
and swallowed Cora and 250 of his compatriots up. Boom. Closed. Next, they asked Oral Roberts, what do you say when the person you pray for didn't get healed? Oral said, next. These five daughters of Zelophehad said, Moses, we know the word of God. We're not Korah. Don't you think that we're rebelling against the divine order of headship here? We are here because you're in charge and we submit to this order and we are asking in humility. We're not of Korah. We're not out here gossiping. And by the way, kvetching, complaining, they gossiped against God and Moses. That's why the whole generation died in the wilderness. For gossip. Well, you know, I'm not a gossip. I'm a historian. So before we pray, I just want to accurately tell you about Mike Fuller and some of his struggles he's been going through lately. And I mean struggles in air quotes. So just before we pray for Mike, and then you poison the well against Mike Fuller, and you tell things that shouldn't have been told, and a gossip, oh, beloved, this tongue is a concealed weapon. We should have a license. You can say something in L.A. and kill someone in New York on the other side of the world with your kvetching and your complaining. Well, I don't know, you know. I remember the, the story of the, uh, the young man calls his mom, and he says, Mom, uh, Mom, what are you doing? She said, well, I haven't eaten in two weeks. God forbid you should have decided to call. So she said she's been at the phone for two weeks not eating. Kvetching. Complaining. Notice they didn't insist on their timetable. Your timetable is flawed. You have a lim We have limited vision. Right? We, we're on the street level watching the parade at Macy's Parade. We can only see the floats as they come around the corner. God's in the helicopter. He sees the whole big picture. And if we're wise, like the five daughters of Zelophehad, we will go to God who has the helicopter perspective, and we will trust his timetable. Notice they came at the right time. These women are wise. No the timing. If you have the right cause and you show up at the wrong time, eh. if you have the right cause but your attitude is wrong, eh. don't approach people in authority with the wrong attitude because attitude determines altitude. Notice their attitude is abject humility, submission to God, and they approach with reverential awe but confidence. They are a cabal of confident women. Amen. And all the women said, Amen. glory. So they know God's word, and they know how it is right now. They know what the scriptures say, but they dare to come before God because they know God is kind, and they know God is gracious, and they know God cares about their situation. Their theology is so solid. Their God picture is so beautiful. It's like, can we learn from these five daughters? That's why we're in week two, and we will continue because there's so many lessons of discernment that we can glean from these wonderful women of God. Well, let me just wrap it up with the meaning of their names, because I think that you will find a glorious insight. Notice the names, Malach, Noah, Milcha, Hagla, Tirza. You say, there's got to be some meaning in these names. Well, there are. The first one, malach, it means to move. In modern Hebrew, it's lacholel, it, uh, the word to dance. Right? So it, it involves the idea of motion and dance. The second name, noah, is from lanua. It means to move. To move also means to move. And the third one, milcha, means to walk. So notice the idea of motion. 
These women are not sitting down. They're not surrendering and living. Well, it's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. Just lay down and don't let your voice be heard because no one's going to listen to you anyway. They're in motion. Hagla is from lahug. It means to circle, to circle. And tirza is from larutz, uh, to run. So all the idea of the five names are moving naturally, uh, holding the idea of motion. Uh, uh, they're initiating, they're being active, but they're in motion, being active where they are. They're blooming where they're planted. Not someday, somewhere, somehow, but you need to glow where you are, bloom where you're planted. Your influence is already in your six square feet. If you would just look around your six square feet, you already are around the people God has called you to influence. Well, I don't really see anyone. That's all right. Trust me, whenever you go to Starbucks, you're on duty. Daughters of Zalafayette. Whenever you go to Vaughn's, do you ever go to Vaughn's? Ever go to Starbucks? Ever get in your car? Ever go grocery shopping? Wherever you are, you're in your Daughters of Zalafayette zone of influence. And even when you don't say something to people, you're radiating God's presence. You're bringing his glory into the room. The demons are screaming at Ralph's because you just came in, but you don't see it with your literal eyes. You've got to see it with the eyes of faith. Your presence is scattering the demonic influence wherever you go, wherever you drive, whoever you go by, when you extend your hand to the homeless, when you're willing God's blessing on someone, you say, well, I don't really pray. Yeah, just will it daughters of Zalafahad. Your heavenly father sees your heart and he will crown them. Just imagine you're crowning them with a crown of light whenever you go by the needy, whenever you extend prayer, whenever you just throw out your will on a matter, God sees everything. He hears everything and he doesn't just love you. He likes you. He's crazy about you. So do this more regardless of what you feel. Feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving. Our warrant is the word of God. None else is worth believing. Malach, to dance, to move. Noah, to movement. Milcha, to walk. Hagla, to circle. Tirza, to run. All natural motion. All initiating. They're all active. You don't need to be passive. You can be active without being rude. And your sweet spirit, the Bible says a soft answer breaks the bone. Isn't that right? You know when you lower your voice, when things are getting a little bit heated and you're able to lower your voice, a soft answer breaks the bone. Not escalation. Well, I'm going to get my point, Harry. I'm going to yell louder. My argument's weak. That, that gets nothing but chaos. You're just feeding gasoline on the fire. That works real well. How's that working for you? But a soft word. A soft answer turns away wrath. The five daughters of Zalafayad, man, they know how to give a soft answer. And you know, I believe that this is who they were and how they were. And the age that you are now, you're not too late. You're right on time. Timing is everything. And they knew the right time to approach the right people of influence. So I'm going to pray, beloved, that you will embrace your identity, that you will reach out and embrace your place as the five daughters of Zalafahed, that you will come to a place of knowing your utter significance and uniqueness because you're the first to ever do what you're doing. And that's okay. It's okay to stand out. If you don't fit where you are, chances are you're a pioneer and you're not supposed to fit and feel comfortable where you are. Father, I pray right now for all my precious daughters of Zalafahed, Lord, and, and our brothers, Lord, who would get the spillover of these facts and these hopeful words, Lord, that you would drench these precious daughters with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Drench them, Lord, with your intentional favor, Lord. Drench them with a sense of your felt presence, Lord, in every area that they're concerned about. And Lord, every secret concern that they have, you hear them. You see them. You hear their cry when no one else will. You're the right one to come to. Lord, we bring our case immediately to you through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have direct access to your presence now. 
And we beseech you on behalf of your precious, loving five daughters of Zelophehad, Lord, give them strength to be the first. Give them strength to bloom where they're planted, Lord. Give them strength to dance in place where they are and be active and motion-filled where you've planted them, Lord. That they're, they're not able to be crushed with depression and crushed with anxiety, Lord. But give them a little life, a pep in their step, and out of their bellies let rivers of living water flow in Jesus' name. And everybody said, all the daughters said, amen. Can you say amen? Put your hands together. Oh, my goodness. Well, we love you, and we thank God for you. And, you know, we just thank Mike for doing such an excellent job putting all this together. And you can go online, and you can just go to drcraigjohnson.org, and you can hear hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages all for free because of Mike's hard work. So I would encourage you, you can just do what one person does, loop this and just let it run in your house 24 hours a day. We will bless you. I know someone that can't go to sleep unless they put me on. And I know the rest of you sleep while you're here, but it's a God given anointing. <laughs> so if we are a blessing to you, Please consider blessing us. Please consider your, uh, if you don't tithe, maybe you would give your tithe and sow it into this ground because we're good soil. And good seed produces in this soil. And we can guarantee that you got Jack and the Beanstalk seed and Jack and the Beanstalk soil giving into this ministry. So please consider giving to us and feeding us if we fed you. Amen. Father, we thank you again for the provision of your dear ones, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you, would, that you would hearten them, that you would encourage them, that you would let them leave today with their, a light burden, an easy yoke, and they would find rest for their souls after this word today in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next week. God bless you. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please visit our website at drcraigjohnson.org. There you can find additional messages of encouragement. And if our ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider us in your ministry giving, as we depend solely on the financial assistance of our listeners like yourself. Also, please feel free to send any personal prayer requests. You can find us online at drcraigjohnson.org. God bless you.